At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 16. The I guess we're keeping edition. up. I was just going to say, if we're keeping yes. up with the tradition, it's the Andrew Ladd episode. I am Matt O'Leary. That other voice you heard was Mitch Anderson, both co-experts for Eyes on Isles. Mitch, how you doing tonight? I am pretty good. I'm hungry. We're running out of snacks in the house. You can see here that I have a box of granola bars that is empty. I went through this in like 20 minutes. There's six of them. They're gone. There's only six? That's your problem. You got to get one with more than six. Well, you got to get six granola bars in like 10 minutes. See, they're chocolate covered. Um, so that's why. Because they're coated in chocolate, you get less than just the non-coated ones. And I ain't no uh, scrub. I get the chocolate coated ones. Okay. All right. I see I see why you went that route then. Yeah. Uh, certainly understandable. <laughs> so that that's my day in a nutshell. I know you had a worse day, but we won't, maybe not worse day, but in, in terms of technology you've had a rougher day but we won't we won't get into that no let's that'll get into turn some... into a whole technology <laughs> episode and we can't do that no let's talk about some new york islanders hockey yes so we'll start with their last three games they are they won one and lost two one was a six to five loss to ottawa then you had the five four shootout win and then you had the dougie blowout which we called last week six to two loss in tampa bay uh, what were some of your takeaways from these three? I don't know where you want to start, but wherever you want to go, we'll start there. Well, I think it just it continues that we score a lot but let in a lot, right? Like we have 12, 7, sorry, 16 goals against for 10, 12 goals for. Ooh. Not good, right? Like you want to be able it, with the, the offense that we have, we want to be able to let, to stop letting in as many goals. Um, and how we do that, I don't necessarily know because it seems to be multifaceted. Whereas this, the goaltending is can be good on days, at least average, but it can also be very bad. Maybe not very bad, but well below average most days. So we're not we're not getting that. Oh, at least they're average on most nights. They're not. It really isn't. So and that that's a problem because we can't do anything with these goalies. Um, so it, it, the strategy we have to use with them is wait it out, figure it out, figure out what the, how they're going to react and how we can get them to get how we can get them to their position where they can win again, because um, at the moment it's not happening. Yeah, it's like a pendulum, I feel like, or a seesaw. Like for a while it was Grice that was good. You could get by with him and then it was Halak who was just abysmal. And then Halak played a couple games recently where he was started to look like, hey, he's coming around a little bit. And then last night, Grice gave you a stinker. So it's like neither of them could get going at the same time and just be like a competent level NHL goalie. You're not getting that on a consistent basis from the pair. Yeah, and let's be fair. The game that you're referencing is against the Tampa Bay Lightning last night where they were nowhere to be found in that first period. 
They got three attempts on goal. They got they got two on actual goal and one that that missed the net. All period long. That's two shots on net in 20 minutes. That's garbage. That's awful. And they, but then they showed up in the second period and they they took control of the game at least for the first half of the second period and, and tied it 2-2. And you're like, "Here we go. The boys are back. We're good to go." Just, you know, Dougie spoke to them in halftime. We're good. And then they just capitulated in the last five minutes of the, of the second period and quick three goals went in and they were back down 5-2 and you're like, what the heck happened? And when you look at the goals, it's just, it's a breakdown of uh, every position has broke down on every play. You have, I think it was at least two goals in that period where the Tampa Bay Lightning shot it wide from the net. It bounced off the end boards and right back in front and... Grice was well out of position because he's playing the shooter way too aggressive. So open there. The defense were letting the um, the Tampa Bay forwards crowd the net. So they're giving him the space to get the, the shots out wide. But when the shots careened back in off the boards, guess what? Gord was right there at least 15,000 times to pop it in in a wide open net. And the forwards were just allowing them to just kind of shoot the puck. There was no pressure on the puck carrier, no pressure on the puck shooter. So, like, the right. breakdown amongst all three positions. So, you, you, we can't just say, like, oh, we need better goaltending. We do, but we need better across all three on that night. Yeah, I definitely agree that you saw flaws on each level of, you know, if, of play in their own zone. Like, you saw a bad, but there was a goal. I forget which one it was, but Halak gave up a pretty big rebound on one. And it just gave whoever it was on Tampa uh, or an easy... Uh, tap in, but then, like you just explained, the ones off the boards, the defense has to do a better job of not letting the guys get the position down low in front of the net. And I, I think it's a collective issue. And I don't know, like you're stuck with Halak and Grice. You can't do anything about that. That's going to be your two goalies that remain there of the year. So, really, the only other thing you could change is your defense. I don't know. I, but, like, it seems like you're saying you just wait it out and hope it gets better. Well, what else do we have, right? Like for 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 a while, I thought it was going to be well. We have to wait it out, anyways. We can look for a trade, but who's really out there that we can at least target for a trade, right? Like maybe one of the goaltenders in one of the the, the, the worst markets, like the Arizonas. Maybe we can get Antti Ranta. Um, maybe we can get what? Oh, thank God! Sorry. Uh, I just thought I saw this huge house centipede crawling up my microphone towards my face. And it was not. It was just my dog shed a lot of hair in the studio. Thanks a lot, Marshall, for making an appearance. Um, (laughs) And scaring the life out of me. Uh, I am squeamish when it comes to bugs. Anyways, I I think, but then why would you want to go after a guy like Auntie Ranta or a Robin Leonard in Buffalo why would you do that? They're not good goalies because they're playing on bad teams, and we've seen them be bad. So why would we go after that? That doesn't. That's not going to make us any better. So we can't go and target anyone in a trade, at least right now. Maybe in the offseason when teams don't need their goaltenders. Uh, maybe that's the time we get it, or we just bring up Soderstrom. But for the moment, we have to deal with what we've got. And I, and I thought for a while it was, just tell Halak he's the number two. Give him a goal to strive for. And he'll want to, or not want to, but he'll he'll take the steps necessary to achieve that goal. 
And for a while, I thought that was working because we saw that he was, in fact, the number two. Grice was getting the bulk of the starts, and Halak was sitting on the bench. And when he got a shot, he'd put up a 920 save percentage or a 915 save percentage. Something usable, something where we can win a game. And then when it was kind of like, all right, we did it, boys. Mission accomplished. Pull out the banner. He put up a clunker. And you're like, but I thought we fixed this. I don't, like, it's for, so for, for now, it, I don't know what it is because I am out of ideas. Yeah, I don't know what they can really do. And the unfortunate part is they play in an extremely competitive division where you can't <laughs> afford to go on a losing streak. No, not at all. You can't let up a little bit. Like you, you can lose the game here and there, but you better have three wins between every loss because otherwise you're not putting up enough points to keep pace with everyone. Right, and that's and that's the thing. Like they have another tough matchup coming up against Pittsburgh, mm. and if you lose that one, another divisional game. Now you're starting to, not necessarily hitting the panic button, but you know it's every the teams are all so closely bunched together that you're going to start dropping quickly if you lose a couple in a row. Yeah, it's definitely DefCon two. Do I have that right? The lower numbers are better than the higher numbers. I forget how that the DefCon works. Way way to go, political science training from university. I already forgot that. Um, but I, I think that that's just that's just it. Is that we we have to find a way to figure out this goalie system? Is if it is truly a one A one B? All right, go with it and let's. I don't know. Maybe they need another goalie coach. Maybe they just they're not responding to Kevin Brathwaite. Is it Kevin Brathwaite? I know it's Brathwaite. I forget his first name. I'm pretty I, sure I got I think it right. It is Kevin. Yeah, we'll go with that. My my short term memory, or sometimes even my long term memory, not the greatest. You're learning a lot about me today, where I buy chocolate-covered granola bars. I'm squeamish when it comes to bugs, and I sometimes forget things. So, all in a day's work for everyone learning everything about me. Um, So, we're we're talking about everyone who's... How do I want to say this? We're, We're bringing up a lot of the negative takeaways from these games. But if there's one positive takeaway, if there's one player that we can't reproach with any sort of critical comment it's Matthew Barzal he's been love what I've seen beauty yeah the game against Florida he put on an absolute clinic Mm -hmm. over time that's the only way to describe it there he had two possessions that stuck out to me where he just created so much space with himself for his skating and his puck handling he's something to watch He, he really is and we're extremely lucky that he developed this quickly because it wasn't too long ago that this was a 19-year-old kid playing the puck in the box and then being (laughs) sent right back to Seattle. And now he has this point-per-game monster of a stud. Yeah, He's come a long way. He's he's come a long way, and we we, got to remember that he not only fell to us because, for some reason, the Edmonton Oilers wanted Griffin Reinhardt, but also the Boston Bruins decided they wouldn't take him three different times, right? Like they had picks 13, 14, and 15 in that draft, and neither of those those picks did they use for um, Matthew Barzell. So, like, we got to thank the Boston Bruins for that uh, (laughs) because they had a chance, and now they don't have anything. They're not even in a playoff position. Uh, good job, Boston. They could have used Matthew Barzal, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, but it wasn't even just a clinic that he put on in in Florida, 
But that 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 ten minutes that the Islanders were good for in against the Tampa Bay Lightning was only because of Matthew Barzal. He scored the goal on the power play and he set up Jordan Eberle for the goal. I think it was six minutes apart. It was all Matthew Barzal. If, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even have scored that night. I don't think we would have even registered half the shots we would have got on net if he wasn't playing as well as he was. That's right. how important That's... he is to this team. Exactly. He is creating opportunities. He is becoming an extreme playmaker. Yeah, he's probably not going to be like a 30-goal scorer. He's not you know, Anders Lee, but he creates a ton of offense and sets up Jordan Eberle, which is why they've turned into one of the best second lines in the entire league. That um, uh, that combo right there. And definitely, if you want to talk positives of these last three games, and really the entire season, Matthew Barzell has definitely got to be on that list. Oh, yeah, easily. Easily. Um, do you want to know who they, who they, the Boston Bruins, picked in those three spots before Matthew okay. Barzell? Yes, I would like to know. Jacob Zobril. Oh, Zboril, sorry, Zboril, at 13th okay. overall. Uh, he was a defender. Jake DeBrusque, that's a left wing, 14th overall. And Zachary Sinishian, right wing, 15th overall. And if I'm not mistaken, none of those players are on the Boston Bruins roster as of, as of yet. So take that, Boston. Chalk that up as a W for Garth Snow and company. Three W's plus another one for the Ryan, uh, the Griffin Reinhardt trade. Oh yes. Um, do you want to do you want to keep on rolling to other stuff? We, we've talked about the games. I don't know. There, is there more takeaways from it? Like I, I don't like the fact that they only picked up what is it, two points out of this, out of three games. That's not great. Um, and there's some worrying signs out of the Tampa game where they didn't they didn't show up whatsoever. But it was a back-to-back, so I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because of that. Is there anything else you want to pull out of those three games? Uh, no. I We knew the Dougie blowout was coming. Uh, so I'm glad in a sense that it was against a respectable opponent yeah. because Tampa Bay scores like crazy, and they've had our number for the last couple of years now. So I'll live with it. Just hopefully play better in Pittsburgh or against <laughs> Pittsburgh. And, fingers yeah, crossed. Cross your fingers. And uh, let's see. Um, last week, we talked a lot about Ekman Larson. Heck yeah, and we this, did. And this week, we're going to bring on our writer, Chris, who has a different trade idea for a defenseman. Joining us on the show is Eyes on Isles writer, co-host for the Vegas Hockey Podcast and co-host for the NHL on the Ice Podcast. He's a busy guy. Is our man, Chris. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mitch. How you doing tonight? I'm all right. So we, we brought you on because you wrote something pretty interesting on the site. Um, for a little while now, we've been talking about uh, Oliver Ekman Larson being a trade target for the New York Islanders. But you went in a little different direction and you brought us, I'm going to I'm gonna butcher his name, but it's Nicholas Shalmerson. I think I got that right, actually. Yeah, I think it, that it sounded I, right. I, that, does, that did sound good. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. For those, for those of you at home, I'm patting myself on both of my, both of my shoulders on the back. It's great. It's a good feeling. Um, okay, so I read it. Not, maybe not everyone read it. I'm sure they did because our numbers are pretty good. Um, but go, go through the case as to why you picked Nicholas Shalmerson. Why is he the guy that you focused on? 
Well, I think the Islanders, one of the areas I think they could improve upon, and again, you could definitely make the argument of let's stick with the kids because as the season goes on, they'll improve, they'll get better, and maybe the reward will be greater. Um, the problem with that is as time goes on, if that doesn't happen, you kind of put yourself in that position. But I like Harmelson for a number of reasons. First, I think realistically – uh, he would be a player that one could get. I mean, I would love for the Islanders to get Drew Doughty. It's obviously not happening. Um, you know, he's a proven veteran blue liner. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion with, with the Hawks. So this guy has played in a lot of big games. Um, you know, anyone who's followed Chicago knows that they basically play two defensive units, during the, especially during with the latter championship teams. You know, he, he's not... He's not sexy like Oliver Ekman Larson is. You know, he's not Kate Upton, but he's that really cute, <laughs> he, he, he's that really cute girl next door that you really do want to date. Um, he's you know he's solid. He's really good in his own end. And I'm not trying to pick on Ekman Larson, but as good of a season as Ekman Larson is is having statistically, um, he he's his plus minus is abysmal. Now one could say, well, you know. It's on Arizona. Who has a good plus-minus? Well, to put it in perspective, Ekman Larson's plus-minus, I think, is around minus 20, where Harmelson is actually at minus 4. And given how that team has played this year, that's pretty darn good. Um, you know, he's in the prime of his career. He's only 30 years old, despite all the big games. He's got a reasonable contract. It's not a very long one. He's only signed through next year, so it's not something where you're going to be stuck with a long contract. And his cap hit is uh, reasonable at $4.1 million. So also, too, I think uh, the Islanders have the depth of assets that Arizona would want. They would want a proven defenseman. Well, excuse me. They would want a young defenseman that has a fairly good ceiling and they're going to want a, a pretty sexy draft pick as well. And those are two areas the Islanders can tap into. Um, so I really felt like, look, I would love for the Islanders to get an Oliver Ackman Larson. I'm not trying to say that would not be a good way to go. The problem is you would have to give up the sun, the moon, and the stars, and then probably your firstborn to get him. And even if... Just to get to the table. Yeah, and even, even if... You know, we got the word tonight that John Tavares was signed long term and we knew for 100% certain he wasn't going anywhere. I don't know if I would want to give all that up for Larson, who's only signed through next year. And then let's not forget that, you know, you're going to have to sign. If you re-sign Tavares, you're probably going to re-sign Bailey. And after next season, you're going to have to sign Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle. And, and then you would have to sign Larson as well. So, uh like I said, I don't think they need to do a move that drastic. I think Harmelson uh, is – that move would be very efficient, and uh, I think he would do the job very well. Right. I, I think that, that really – so is this a move that they absolutely have to make, or is this a move that – are we looking for moves to make moves sake? That's a terrible way of saying no, it. No, no. I, I understand what you're saying. I think it's – like I said, you can make the argument saying, look, you know, especially if you look at Pellick's stats, he's got a pretty solid plus. He's, he's played, you know, he's played decent. Um, you know, between Pollock and Pellick and Mayfield and the other veterans, the, the youngsters are going to get, you know, better as the season wears on. And then, you know, if it doesn't happen, we could always wait to, you know, the trade deadline. The thing is, I don't know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of, 
defenseman available at the trade deadline, and then it's getting the right defenseman. For instance, I'm sure most likely Mike Green will be traded at the trade deadline from the Detroit Red Wings, who's a pending uh, UFA. But to me, that's not what the Islanders need. That's not the kind of guy they need, and that's going to be very expensive for a rental. I think Carmelson really like fits the bill perfectly. So one could argue, let's give the kids uh, some more time to continue to develop. And it's not just all about, you know, uh, the, the defense. It's a combination of, you know, the forwards playing be- uh, a better, you know, Jack Carpano phrase, 200-foot game. The defense giving up less turnovers and the goaltenders picking up the team up and stop letting in that bad goal. Like, the other night against Florida was a perfect example, right? Halak played great, but he let in that, like, one bad goal uh, that Barkov scored. He probably, you know, he should have he, mm-hmm. he had that one. I mean, he made 40 saves, you know, so I don't want to kill him, but that seems to be in a little bit of a theme this year. So, um I would I look and also people have to understand when it comes to trades there are windows and if there if the window is open right now and also if you can get the jump on the competition if possible and get Arizona to the table I I, I would pursue this trade right now if it was available but with Arizona you know they're a tough seller we I mean they got a hole for Hansel last year. Um, you know, the word on the street was for Vibata. They wanted a first-round pick, which for, again, a rental seemed outrageous. They didn't get their price, so they didn't move them. So they might say to the Islanders, okay, yeah, we'll trade your Harmelson, but we want one of your first-round picks, and we want Josh Hosang. So, you know, if that was the case, then, you know, that would be the end of it. But uh, I, I do think he would be a great fit for what they for what they need. I think that's fair. So, so, I don't know if you had anything to follow up, Matt, but I, I got one last question for you, Chris, and it's when do they make said trade? Like, let, let's assume that they go for Helmerson. When do they do this trade? Well, do they go in before the trade deadline, at the trade deadline, or right right now? You know, I, uh, last year I heard an interview with Jim Rutherford of the Penguins GM, and if you have, if you followed him the last couple of years. Uh, he doesn't wait to the, the end of February uh, when he made his deals. He did them, uh, I, I think, around early, just around this time in early January when he made the Haglin deal, when Anaheim, and and then he made, oh my, this is what happens when you get older. But the last couple of years, he's made his deals. Uh, Ron Hainsey's, or even Hainsey, he got in early February. And his belief was, you know, I. If I wait to the absolute, you know, deadline, you know, we got about six weeks left into the season, and then it's boom into the playoffs. So I want to have as much time getting that player acclimated with my with my players, with my system, with my coaches. So I was like, you know, that's really smart. Um, so I am a big fan of a big fan of that. Um, and again, if Arizona is willing to talk turkey uh, right now. Um, I, I believe you have to take advantage, take advantage of it because sometimes guys can be available and then the window close like I said the window closes but you know my article I you know I um, put on out there and again taking my blue and orange sunglasses off for a second uh, I feel like giving up either Pelic uh, Pulak uh, or Mayfield one of those three let's say I'll let them pick 
and one of their second round picks is is a fairly significant price uh, for Hamilton, who is only signed through next year, and this year is a lost year for them. So uh, now someone else might say, "Hey, wait a minute! You know, Detroit got uh, a second and a third for Brendan Smith, who's who's a lesser defenseman last year. It actually would probably cost a little bit more than that. I don't know, but I think the dialogue should start soon." Nice. Matt, did you have anything you wanted to add to this? Yeah, I think I agree with a lot of the points that Chris made. It just depends on what the price is. Agreed. Um, like you mentioned, Josh Hosang, if that's what it would take, I would lay back. But if it was some of the other uh, suggestions you made or like lesser guys, then I would be for it. I think it would be a good addition to get another defenseman in here. But it all depends. And on keep the in mind, a, a guy like Pellick, I mean, uh, this might sound strange to say, but his contract, kind of like Hamannick, right? I mean, the last few years, like Hamannick, although his play went down, but you're like, wow, what a good contract he has, what a low cap hit is. If Pellick just become, gets a little bit better and just becomes that solid, you know, second guy on the second pairing. Sign for the next three years after this at like 1.5 and change cap hit in this day and age is insanely good. So someone else out there might look at him and say, wow, that would be incredible, you know, pickup. And then obviously with Pulak's potential, um, they might look at that another way. So I think those two guys uh, have a lot to offer in different ways. And obviously, this is a kill. This is being rated as a, a killer draft of good friends with a couple people who who do this for a living, and um, they just rave about this about this draft. Not just the first few picks, and not just the first round, but you know, really the the, the gold rounds, rounds one, two, and three, was loaded. And the fact that the Islanders have these picks is pretty is pretty special. And so a second-round pick, you could even make a deal with Arizona and say, look, we have ours and we have Calgary's. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll give you the higher of the two. You know, we'll give you the better of the two picks and we'll give up one of the defensemen. You know, but I, I'm not going to sell the store to get Harmelson, but uh, I would get aggressive. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Chris, I think we're going to stop it here. Um, is there anything you wanted to plug before we, uh, we bid you adieu for the night? Uh, where can okay. they find your work? Obviously on eyesonisles.com, but where can they find your work? Like your Twitter uh, if hashtag, I could just anything look- else you want to plug? Oh, um, you can find uh, the Vegas Hockey Podcast at Vegas Hockey Pod on Twitter, and you can find NHL on the Ice. Go to Twitter at NHL on underscore the underscore Ice. So that was uh, Chris Lizza helping us out breaking down this Hjalmarsson trade idea, which again, like I said, I'm I'm not really for. I get it; it makes sense that that's the type of guy that, that we might be looking for rather than Oliver ekman Larson. Um, I'm still not even entirely sold on Oliver ekman Larson. Not that he's not a good player, that we need him necessarily. Yeah, I remember the debate last week. You still weren't sure if you wanted to make a move yet. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm still not sure. Like, yeah, I, I don't see how he's going to help our defensive core. That's the thing. We have no problem scoring. So I don't see how he's going to help us shore up defensively, especially for what we're going to give up or what we're going to have to give up. So anyway, that, that, that is still my thought. Uh, if Garth makes the trade, 
I'm okay with it. I like him as a player. I like what he brings. It's just I'm worried about the fallout that he that that would come from said trade. I think and that's the same thing fair. for Chalmerson. Like I'm not really sure that he would add anything to the team that we don't already have. So what are we losing and what are we gaining? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's really all depending on what we're giving up in that Chalmerson one. Uh, for yeah. Me. Uh, would you like to get into the All Star voting now? Yes, please. Yes, I saw actually just before we logged on to record this, you put something up about the All Star game. So I'll let you take the lead here a little bit. I did. Good timing on my behalf, isn't it? Um, so I wrote something today uh, about who deserves to be an All Star from the New York Islanders. We already know that John Tavares is going to be selected. He's third already in voting for. Um, the divisional captain, which I wish people wouldn't vote this way. Like, John Tavares is going to get in anyways. Don't use that vote for a guy who's going to get in no matter what. Give it to a guy who probably won't get in but deserves to go. Someone like, I don't know, uh, 31 points in 27 games, put up 56 points last season. Uh, God, what's his name? What's that name I'm looking for? Josh Bailey. How about for Josh Bailey? Like, if there's any nothing accolade we can give someone, it's an all-star nomination. <laughs> true. right? It, true. it means absolutely nothing, but it also means everything in the same way. Whereas we kind of tip our hat and say, like, Josh, we recognize you. This is game recognizing game. We see what you're doing. We're not giving you the keys to the city. We're not giving you an individual trophy. We're not going to go in and flood the streets and yell your name from the mountaintops. We're just saying you done good. Here you go. Yeah. Um, for me on this subject, I don't like the format of the All-Star game. You don't like three on three? No. I don't I don't like What? I would rather it just be East versus West. Wow. Is what? that a hot take? But that is so I but is it still three on three? No, it's a regular hockey game oh, versus West. Yeah, you, you know, you, no, I'm not, I'm not in. I, I remember the days. I really do. I even liked North America against the world. I loved it. Uh, it's just I love three on three so much. Uh, it's such a good format, okay. especially for a nothing game like this. But then you could only get three Islanders, and we know who the three are going to be. And well, you really probably won't be on in in this format. You'd never even get three. You'd get two max, I think. Depends on how the voting goes, I guess. But from what I understand, everyone gets a pick. Everyone gets a player. Okay. Right? So already, I guess it's only eight guys. Depending on the division, you might even get seven guys uh, if you're the central. And then you have a roster of, I think it's three lines, two goalies. So that's 11 players. So you might have three teams that have doubles. So I guess we could potentially get three Islanders. And, and do you think those, okay, who's your three then? If, if if let's say we do get three, who's your three? Who in my three? Uh, oof, you're not gonna like me. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> Tavares, Barzell, yeah. and Letty. Oh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. But I, I get why you went that way. He's the second highest scoring defenseman in the league. Right. Why would you leave him at home in a three-on-three? Smoothest skating player ever can enter and exit his own silky smooth. Why would you not take him? I, I get it, but I, I just want my man Josh Bailey to go. I really, I'm really <laughs> pushing for Josh Bailey. I have an agenda. I'll be you honest. You have an agenda. And my agenda is to get Josh Bailey to the All-Star game. 
Okay. Is it going to work, though? I don't think so, because no. already he's not top three. Cause I figured he would. Uh, I guess if they do take Tavares as the as the all-star captain for the Metro, um, then I would assume that they'll take Bailey as the representative from the Isles. I think I think that the NHL will go that way, but what do I know? They might they might actually still go uh, Letty because he's the second highest scoring defenseman. Yeah, I I don't know. For me, I think storylines. My th- it makes more sense to go as good of a season as Bailey has, and you know that I'm not a Bailey basher at this point. Yeah, I know. But I would go with Tavares because that's the obvious one. Letty is second in scoring for defense, and then Barzell has been a huge story. So just based on storylines, those would be my three. So here's the, the, the post that I wrote surmised the, 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 the same three minus Tavares. So my post was entirely saying, we know Tavares is going. That's a given. So who deserves to go along with him? Okay. Assuming we can vote these guys as the divisional captain. Mine, my, my three options were Bailey, for obvious reasons, like I just said, like this is a nothing vote. This is giving him that tip of the hat saying, we recognize you without actually doing any sort of recognition. Is that a word? Recognizing? Recognition. Making up words here. Um, Nick Letty, uh, because again, second high scoring defenseman in the league, and he's still not getting any sort of Norris love. I know we don't win the Norris in December, but you still put out, or there's still those lists out there that say like, here is my favorite for the list. And he's never, he doesn't make it, um, generally speaking. And I think that him getting a nod to the All-Star game would kind of have, would force a lot of those sports writers to kind of put Nick Letty's resume in their face and they go like, huh, he's actually a pretty good hockey player. Wow. Yeah, you know what? Makes sense. And then my last one is Matt Barzal because Matt Barzal. Like we just spoke about the, the Tampa game. It was it was a Matt Barzal show. It's been the Matt Barzal show all season long. I, I know the top line's been producing, but we're, we're kind of, if they didn't do that, it'd be, it would. We expect them to be this good on the top line, right? We didn't expect Matt Barzal to be this good. The highest scoring rookie so far this season. I think he's ranked like twentieth in terms of points in the league. That's outstanding. Like that, that deserves to be recognized in and of itself. So that's that's my three. You can make a case for Andres Lee that I'd hear because he's the second highest scoring forward since November of last year. Um, but I I don't know. It was. It still felt weird having Wayne Simmons there last year. Yeah. Right. Like, it just. It just doesn't seem like the type of player that would do well in a three-on-three. Although, who, what do I know? No. And you would think that Barzal would be able to do good on a three-on-three because that's a lot of open space for skating. Oh, and I want to see that so much. But like, the, the who else would you send? There's, there's no one else that you send. I saw that the NHL had Halak <laughs> in their options. Why did they put Halak there? Why? It doesn't make any sense. No. It certainly does not make any sense there, but maybe someone will vote him in. So like I, I'm begging you, the listening audience, all of you, go and vote Bailey. Vote often. I voted 10 times already, and I think I could still vote. I don't know why the NHL is doing this, but you can still vote. It, it's, it's working because the, the top three for the Metro are still... Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and John Tavares. We don't have any like John Scotts in there um, yet. I'm sure it'll come up. But if you're going to vote and, and there's a campaign to vote someone, my vote is for Bailey. Vote Bailey. This message sponsored by the Vote for Josh Bailey campaign of 2017. Okay. 
Wow. Our Mitch is really trying to stuff them balance this year. <laughs> oh, hard. Uh, we'll see if he's able to do it, if we're able to pull it off and get Josh Bailey in the All-Star game. That would be a nice little accomplishment for Isles Twitter. Uh, I would put that on my resume. Got Josh Bailey to the All-Star game. In the Twitter in the Twitter bio. It's got to go in. Oh, yes. No, no, official resume. Like, I'm going to apply for jobs in my day job as a public servant, and I have that on my resume. And they're going to go, who's Josh Bailey? And it's going to be, sit down. We have to talk for five minutes about the Lord and Savior Josh Bailey. He's not Lord and Savior. That was a bit too far. That was a bit too far. Oh, my God. You're going to get ripped. Yeah, that's You're fair. You're going to get ripped Come at that me. one. At TLO Mitch. Come at me. Get I'll him. accept all of them. Get him, folks. Um, moving on to our next short topic before we get into the big one. Uh, Belmont conversation. When are we not yeah. talking about Belmont Park and the possibility of the Islanders going there? Uh, the listening is this Sunday, listening session this Sunday, and Mitch also published something about Belmont today. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that as well. Yeah. Okay. So you, you've all probably heard it by now that there's a rumor out there from horse racing insider Mark Brennan, I think is his name. Uh, he's a mustachioed wonder. You got to see that mustache. It's fantastic. Uh, anyway, so he surmises that or speculates, and I'm using speculate uh, on purpose here, that the Islanders are going to win. Sorry, not going to win. Have already won the rights for Belmont. It's done and decided. So says Mark Brennan of Horse Racing Insider. Or sorry, Horse Race Insider. But when you go and read that piece, um, he doesn't quote any sources. His whole theory, it seems, that the Islanders are getting this is the timetables that the state is using. So far, it seems, according to him, that the state has hired... um, Their name is AKFR. They're an environmental... um, What's the word I want to use here? Environmental assessment agency. So they'll do independent environmental assessments when it comes to building projects. And they did it for the Barclay Center. They did it for Yankee Stadium. So Belmont is bringing them in because they're redoing the track. And so they're going to piggyback, they being the state, on them already being there and have them do an environmental assessment of the Belmont lot. So lot A where this the construction is going to go on um, and get that done before bidders even even awarded so that they can kind of bypass and save some time. Hmm. He's also then adding that it's odd that they're already going out with a listening session and that the listening session is more so a, an information dump from the two winners, which is, I'll, I'll give them that much, is definitely suspicious in, in so much as like, that is really quick, guys. But we got to remember that they, they this is almost like year number five since they've opened up this RFP. Not this most recent one, but they opened up an RFP for Belmont four years ago with the New York City Cosmos, and that went nowhere. The state really wants this project to go ahead, or a project to go ahead. Right. So, like, it seems like pure speculation. I want it to be true. I really do, but there's nothing in there that makes me believe that it's actual fact. And it could very well be. Maybe the state's already decided that, but he's not giving me the impression that that is the case. No. Uh, not at all. Um... I definitely – I think it's an enticing rumor. It's definitely interesting. Uh, I was a little bit speculative when you sent it to me last night, um, but we'll see what happens. That's that's all we got to do at this point. I, th- I feel like I've wrote it a million times on the website. At this point, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, I think so. Like 
when when that, that story came across, it was it was someone on our Facebook group who sent it to us, and um, they also told us that the information included is accurate, and I I really have a hard time with it. It's like it, it fits the narrative of what we've heard by that third bidder. I think it's Blumenfield. I'm, I'm, I might get that wrong. Uh, Blumenfield Construction. Uh, they were the third bidder for Belmont, and they butted out saying, like, no, the state's already got their favorite. We're clearly not the ones that we're getting out now. Um, so that fits that narrative that the Islanders have already won this process. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also using the fact that the, the drawings are already out. Well, the, to make the bid, the Islanders had to make these drawings. They had to make these these schematics of what they're looking to build. That needed to be included in the pitch, I'm sure. And so if it's coming out now, it's because they're getting ready for this listening session. I'm sure it leaked because of that. So it, it just seems it's all circumstantial. It's nothing necessarily factual at this point. So so read, read it. Take it for what it is. It's a rumor. Um, it might be true, but I would err on the side of caution and say it probably isn't necessarily 100% correct. And, it, and if it happens to come out that the Islanders win this, I, I wouldn't want to go like, ha-ha, I told you so. Well... No, it, it seems like you just, it was a 50-50. There's two people bidding on it. You're going to get one right if you just speculate. It's going right. to happen. It's a pretty good gamble. As a gambling man <laughs> yourself, you, you should have known. That's a pretty good bet. That's true. That is a good bet. That's a good bet. I should have put money on that. Dang it. There you go. You could have won some big money potentially. No, well. Oh, well. Uh, I th- are you done with Belmont? I'm kind of, I feel like we talk about that every episode. Yeah, I'm I'm done for now. I, I'm really excited. I really am. I, I'm looking forward to this listening session. I obviously won't go because I'm seven hours away. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of it. Because again, they're going to the community to present their plan, and they're only taking scripted, not maybe not scripted, but vetted questions, which seems kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, in so much as why, I, I guess they're just going to present their projects, um, which I suppose is fine, but. For for what else? What's the community going to add? I don't like that ad. We want um, what's the word I'm looking for? We want affordable housing because I know that 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 was something that came out from the Belmont, the Elmont community. Um, they're not going to add that in. It's not part of the RFP, so they're not going to do it. So what's the point? Yeah, they're just it, it's lip service at this point, which is is fine. It's just call it what it is, guys. Very true. I agree. I I too am excited. Do you know what time it is on Sunday? Maybe I'll swing by. I believe it's at 10. Don't quote me on that. I don't actually know 100%. Oh, morning time? Yeah, it may not be that early, um, but... Let's go. Well, go, to the, go to the meeting right before some Sunday NFL football. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's, a, that's a productive don't, don't day. Don't quote me on that, but it's out there. Uh, right. I think you can find it on Twitter. There's a number of representatives from the area that have that are going to be present. So... Um, They'll likely have the details on their website. Good to know. So if you are interested in attending, definitely look into that as well. Maybe I will. Who knows? There you go. Um, Let's get into the big topic of discussion for this week, the one we want to spend a little bit more time on. We want to talk about the Islanders and the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And we're going to debate what we think the Islanders should be doing come trade time so mitch i present to you what do you think the islanders should be or would be doing come trade time so it, it, 
so come trade deadline, I'm assuming they have a similar record. They're in a playoff position. They're comfortably above 500. Um, they're looking to tool up to get into the playoffs. Uh, not into the playoffs, but make, make some noise in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's obviously two things that we want to address, and the first is goaltending. Well, like I wrote here in the running order, good luck on that front. And we, we've already mentioned it earlier. Who are they going to get? Who? Like, if we look at some of the lower teams here, we got Buffalo, we got Arizona. Edmonton's not going anywhere with Cam Talbot, so forget that. Um, it's it just, it's a who's who of no one's available. Mm-hmm. Maybe Vegas, Dansk, but then, then it poses the question, what do we do with the guys we already have? It's great that we add someone. What are we going to do with the two that we already have here? No one's taking Halak at the, at the end of his deal. Unless they're looking to make the cap floor, like unless Arizona trades off so many of its assets to pick up so many picks that they just need someone to make the floor for a while. And even then, I don't think that's a problem. I think they just need to make the floor come opening day of the season. So at this point, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, until, until next season. So they don't, they still don't need to do that. They'll make the floor. There's going to be someone they can pick up. Um, so, so who, who do you get? Who do you go after? It, like there's no one out there. Yeah, the market isn't super appealing at the moment. Like the team definitely has needs. Uh, we could debate whether it's another defenseman, another goalie. I think that another goalie would be more helpful. But I, I feel like it was either last episode or the episode before that we did a little debate. Uh, but I was, you said goaltender, and I said defense. And the reason why I went defense was because I think that's a little more reasonable to trade for it just depends on who becomes available come trade deadline time and who's out of the race who wants to rebuild and different factors like that yeah absolutely like it when it comes to i'm going to say one last thing about goaltending and then we can we can go into defense like you said but if i'm looking anywhere for a goaltender it's in the central right like the wild and the avalanche are out of a playoff position at this point mm-hmm. um and if Dubnik is in any way, shape, or form available because they're looking to shift from the old guys in Minnesota, I inquire, obviously. Um, but I, I doubt he will be. Like, that that's a sunny day. Everything is happy. It's a perfect situation. I doubt that's going to happen. Um, but then, it's, it's, then we get to defense because we can't address the goaltending situation. Who do we go get in defense? Like, what are we looking for here when we talk about defense? Because we're all in on OEL, it seems. And when I say we, I mean we as a, as a collective fan base. Because we're looking at a guy who's a 55-point player this season. And we're going, 55 points on the back end, that's amazing. We've never had that. We might have it this year. we got a 70-point pace guy. Um, but it, it to me, just seems like another Kevin Shattenkirk situation with an extra year on his deal. But is that what we want, or do we need a four-six guy like we've heard already with Hjalmarsson? Uh, I've looked at maybe maybe Josh George's. What about Chera? If um, Boston's well out of a playoff position, they're gonna they're gonna need assets, and Chera is at the very end of his of his career in the NHL. You pick up a guy like that coming back to the Islanders for a last run. That would be amazing. Oh my god, I can hear it now. Bring out the. Uh... The Diddy and Skylar Gray song, Coming Home. I'm coming home, coming home. 
Chara is coming home. That's a beautiful right rendition. Yeah, it was pretty good, right? Now you got me singing. <laughs> Mitch was almost looked like he saw a ghost when he thought he saw a bug before, and you had me singing. So it's been a very interesting episode. Very up and down podcast. Yeah, we're all over the place here at Eyes on Isles, but that's how we like it. Um, like at the moment, Boston isn't out of a playoff position, right? Like they're sitting with 28 points. They're a point behind Montreal. So they're just out of one because the Metro is so, is so powerful. But they could easily catch Montreal. And look, they got four games on hand on Montreal. So the chance of Boston looking to ditch chair at the end of his career are slim to none. I'm just thinking, again, sunny day, like the, the one of the best narratives you can think of where Chair's finally coming back and is going to help us push to the, that drive to five. I just, I wish. But 20 years that's... after we thought it was going to happen. <laughs> 20 years after we <laughs> traded it for Alexi Ashton. Oh, my God. Uh, I looked it up just because I was curious. Charles' okay. cap number is $4 million this year, and he's a UFA after the season. So there's that. And as for... Yeah, but how old is he? So, like, I don't 40. care that he's UFA. I'll rental. 40. It, if Boston will take a million and, and Brock Nelson, done. Okay. Like, for, take, I mean, Just keep. for this year? Yeah. Okay. What, do you uh, want to keep Brock Nelson? No. It, 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 <laughs> now you're putting words in my mouth. Look what you're doing. You're such an instigator on this podcast. I swear to God. You're always looking mm-hmm. for trouble. Um, I don't think they're going to move Dubnik, as we talked about earlier. He's still got... Uh, one, two, three more years left after this one at a $4.3 million a year. What's his age, though? Like, how old is he? He. This is his 31-year-old season. Okay. So he's a year younger than Halak for longer term and $200,000 cheaper a year. Yeah, I don't think... But I'm, I don't think the Wild are moving that. Oh yeah, no, probably not. Like that, then that's what I'm saying. They have to be well out of it and like looking to tank. Um, and I, and and again, I don't know what they have in the system, so I, I fully well agree that that is a pie in the sky kind of almost borderline ridiculous uh, target. But if there's a target out there, that's the guy I'm targeting, or or Varlamov in in in, in Colorado. But again, we're, now we're looking at, at goalies that aren't aren't good goalies. They're no longer good goalies. So, well, who knows, right? Like, who knows? Devin Dubnik was a terrible goalie in Edmonton, and he's a Vesna candidate in in, um, in Minnesota. So maybe we can get Varlamov back to that 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 standard if we pick him up again. And I think he's he's younger. He's twenty six, twenty seven. Sounds right. So, I don't know. That seems like a good target to me. Yeah, that's definitely more of a reasonable option. I would yeah. say a more likely one at that. Uh, so when in. we go when we go target these guys, who are you looking to move? Oh, when we go target these guys, uh, good question. Who am I moving? Uh, definitely Brock Nelson's a movable asset. And like <laughs> I'm not even just like saying that to to hate on him. He does have some value because he's shown that he can consistently put up 40 points in a season. Um, I would move picks because they have four picks in the first two rounds, so you can move afford to move a couple of those and then prospect pool you know who i'm gonna say del cole yep. <laughs> yeah um, easily but also 
one of the defensive prospects also because you have Pulak, Taze, Aho, Van de Sample. Got a lot. Wertherspoon. So those would be guys I think you could potentially move and I'd be okay with moving. Yeah, that's right. Do you have anybody um, else to add on that? Bo, I, I'm I'm okay with with moving Bo, and I'm Me okay too. with moving Pulak. Um, I want to I want to get on um, Dal Cole for a second here. What was the pledge that I made to you the other day? Oh, uh, the I pledge. Think was, yeah, on on Dal Cole. I think it was two weeks ago. I said that if Dal Cole doesn't hit this benchmark by this period of time, I'm ready to say hashtag ha- done. It was the halfway point. Okay. Okay. Why? What is he's he not, at right now? He's not getting any better. Okay. Well, where we're at? Um, nine points. Okay. How many games? Twenty-one. All right. Love that from a top five pick. <laughs> not good. Not good at all. Uh, so, all right. Do we have a bust from Mitch this week? Or are we going to hold off? <sighs> I'm. I'm. I'm real close. I, I. I think I'm ready to say it. You're ready to say it. I think I'm ready to say it. that's bust. Okay. Can I, okay. Let's get a little bit of a build up here, folks. <laughs> Coming to the stage to announce. Finally, ready to admit that Michael Dalcol is a bust. Please welcome Mitch Anderson for his very formal announcement. Mitch, you have the floor. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Mitch Anderson, co-expert for Eyes on Isles, and I believe that Michael Dalcol can now be considered a bust. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> it's okay. Mitch admitted it. He admitted it's a good day. You have to admit that you have a problem first, and that's what and that's what Mitch did. He was finally ready to admit. It was like all the Isles real, Isles realists who had to finally admit that Josh Bailey's actually good at hockey. Mitch now is ready to admit Michael Dalcole is a bust. Are your hashtag done with him? Or I'm hashtag done hashtag with, him. with him. Yes, yeah. this is such a good day for Eyes on Isles. <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, um, do you know what? Okay, let, let let's move on from our, our trade deadline. <laughs> we'll, we'll through the coming months, we'll get back to this as like the Islanders evolve throughout the season, and we figure out what they actually are if they actually are going to be buyers or sellers. But let's let's move to our social section because there's a few things that happened on social media today that I would like to get to at least. Okay. You go. Um, the first was uh, Mr. Greg Wyshynski over at ESPN. I'm still not used to that. The artist Put formerly a, known as Puck Daddy. Yeah. Uh, it still exists, just no longer with him at the helm. Yes. Um, he put out a piece for ESPN on the, t- the eight places that John Tavares could be in 2018. And it was the New York Islanders, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Montreal Canadiens, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Vancouver Canucks, the Detroit Red Wings. I'm going to miss one here. I know uh, which one you're saving for last. I'm yeah, I'm saving it. one specifically for last. Anyways, there's, there's one more, and then the New York Rangers. And they had a picture of him in all these jerseys. And oh, I, 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 I captured it, and I put it on, on, our, on our Twitter, and it said Nightmare Fuel. Uh, and yeah. my god that's disgusting and, and he, the, the rationale was really bad like they're gonna have cap space and he won't want to he, he doesn't want to leave new york if he's gonna leave the islanders he's gonna leave new york proper he can go anywhere st louis you can be anonymous in st louis and oh my god st louis would take him in a second i'm not sure what their cap situation is like but i'm sure they'll make it work yeah i'm sure they would love to make it work 
that it certainly when I saw that on social media, I was triggered today. I was I was shook. I did not like seeing that come across my feed. Uh, my friend Mike, who you all hear at the beginning of our show, he's the voice that introduces us. He is a Rangers fan, and he says, uh, Maddie. Yeah. He says he said, Maddie, I got to admit that he looks pretty good in a Rangers jersey. So I grabbed him around the throat and I said, "Take it back." That's exactly what happened. <laughs> around the throat. <laughs> You immediately um, went for his life. I <laughs> grabbed him and said, take it back. <laughs> no, but um, that was bad. I didn't care for the piece, obviously. A little, a little biased here, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't didn't want care to see for that. it either. I, I, his rationale for him staying with the Islanders was obviously what we all thought, what we all think. It's going to come down to the arena. Um, so that doesn't change anything there, but it was just, uh, God, it was, it was very clicky. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It was it, it was nice. It was well done. It wasn't clickbait in so much as they he wasn't faking the premise, but it's just he definitely, you know, he wanted to add the Rangers in there. You know, he wanted to add the Rangers in there just to get those kind of anger clicks. Oh, it worked. Um, it worked. I clicked on it. I read it. Um, it wasn't right. a terrible rationale. It just it was a bad one. I thought. Right. I definitely agree with it there. Uh, if it didn't have the Rangers Photoshop in the cover picture, I don't think I would have clicked on it. So no. he got, he got one, at least one extra click from me. So you're welcome, ESPN. Yeah, thanks for that. Did you have another social one? Because you did say you had a couple. I, I do. I can't find it right now, so you go, you go ahead. Okay, and, and, I have one. And if you're listening to this late, late Wednesday night, you're going to get it before it is released on the website. So you have a little behind-the-curtains Yes. But if you were listening later in the day, it was in the dailies this morning. So you might hear uh, – so have seen the story there, but we're going to talk about it now. So Doug Waite did an interview with Sports Illustrated. And in that interview, there was – a very interesting quote, and I want to bring up the exact quote because it was it summed up John Tavares so perfectly. And I want to read you the question and the answer because I think you're going to get a kick out of this. The question from the Sports Illustrated interviewer was, um, would that come out when you guys were just hanging out at home? And that's a follow-up to his question of what was it like living with John Tavares. And he basically said that he's, you know, very intense and always wants to improve. And then this is the follow-up response to that question. This is Doug Wade. He says, oh, yeah, I wanted to sit there and watch a hockey game, and he wants to stop and pause it because we play them next week, and he wants to draw up plays. I'm like, John, let's just watch the game. I'm tired. But that's his personality. He loves the game. Every time he's out there, he wants to get better. It's a great example for people around him. That's for sure. Once again, just more proof that John Tavares is a robot. <laughs> like, can you imagine trying to watch a game, just like hanging out a long day at work, and then he's like, wait, Dougie, pause it. 18-year-old John Tavares telling what 40-year-old Doug Waite, or almost 40-year-old Doug Waite, hang on, pause the TV. I see him like with a laser pointer being like, all right, circle, this guy's out of position. If you hit me on a pass, I could... In the slot, I could slip one past the goaltender. Wild stuff. But I could tell you one thing. At 18 years old, there I know myself how I was then. There is no way in my downtime I would want to be analyzing 
hockey games and trying to make myself better if I was a professional athlete in that way. I would try, want to try and escape and like try to decompress mentally, but he never turns off. Yeah, I don't, man. I, as as a young Canadian boy, that sounds. Why well, is young? As a former young Canadian boy, that sounds like a dream, where you get to sit and play hockey all the time. But at a certain point, you're just kind of like, I'm done. I'm done. I just want to give me some chips. Let me sit there and turn my brain off for 10 seconds. Um, but I guess that's why I'm not going to make $12 million next season. Right. I, and that's why I said I in, my, in my article, my exact quote was like, and that's why I'm blogging and John Tavares is one of the best <laughs> players in the entire world. <laughs> but again, just more proof that he is a robot. And I thought yeah. that's a, a quote worth sharing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my last thing um, <clears throat> is this message is brought to you by the Josh Bailey for All-Star Campaign 2017. Um, All-Star voting has now opened, and it is up to you beautiful people to vote in uh, a very worthy candidate, uh, a candidate who's been there for you, who's listened to you, who's taken your feedback, and has worked towards an ever-achieving goal or an ever-approaching goal of being the best player he could be. And Josh Bailey is the best player he can be this season. With 30 points in 27 games, he's on pace to have his best statistical year ever. And he wants to thank you, and you should thank him by sending him to the All-Star game. Vote Josh Bailey for Mediterranean. I almost got it. I almost went all the way through. (laughs) Mediterranean. I don't know why Mediterranean came up. I think it's because the hangout thing in the background is an island anyways vote josh bailey for metropolitan division captain please just do it like you got no better reason what else are you doing right now just go and do it do it do this it. message is approved by eyes on com. <laughs> that's all i have okay well mitch another episode in the books episode yeah, we started 16. off slow and we ended out strong just like andrew ladd last season Wow, and then we rope in the Andrew Ladd. Full circle. This is why Eyes on Isles podcast is a must-listen every week. That's right, for the full circle. For the full circle. We maybe beat around the bush a while, loop all the way around, but by the end, we always come right back around. Uh, I am Matt O'Leary. You can follow me on Twitter at MattOlearyNY. Mitch Anderson was the co-host tonight, always doing a good job, at TLO Mitch. We want to also thank once again uh, Chris Lizza for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at the NL King. Not only does he write for Eyes on Isles, but he's on the Vegas Hockey Podcast, which you could follow at Vegas Hockey Pod, and NHL on the Ice, which you can follow at NHL on underscore the underscore Ice. Uh, always, 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 always go to the website eyesonisles.com for your up to date Islanders news, opinions, analysis, and Josh Bailey propaganda. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. Give us a like over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And always tune in to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Mitch, have yourself a good night. Thanks, buddy. You too. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.